as we enter a new year, it's very appropriate that we begin a new series. And so we're looking at Proverbs through January. We're calling it Summer Chill in Proverbs, Wisdom for a New Year. So I want to address the topic of wisdom this morning, but I also want to talk about our Vision 26. Because as we go into a new year, it's very appropriate we look at the goals that we've set ourselves in Vision 26 and make sure that we're on track. So I'm going to apply wisdom generally for our individual discipleship, but also corporately what it means for us in achieving Vision 26 for our church. Now Proverbs is a key book in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament. It can be a way into the Bible for secular people who are sceptical about God. Proverbs presents for us universal truths that both believer and unbeliever can grasp. I think Derek Kidner shows a lot of insight when he says this. Proverbs introduces the reader to a style of teaching that provokes his thought, getting under his skin by thrusts of wit, paradox, common sense and teasing symbolism, in preference to the dogmatic preacher's tactic of frontal assault. So I pray that that will be the case as we look at Proverbs in January, that God will indeed get in under our skin, uh, with thrusts of wit, paradox, common sense and teaching symbolism. And we'll hear God speaking to us through January and through these Proverbs. So how might we gain this wisdom for a new year? How might we gain wisdom for implementing Vision 26? Well, I think the key to Proverbs is here in verse 7 of chapter 1, where it says this. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Elsewhere in Proverbs 9.10 it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs 15.33 it says, the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. So this little phrase, fear of the Lord, it should lead to knowledge, to instruction, but above all, to wisdom. But the fear of the Lord, what does that mean? Should we have a terrified subservience to God, fear Him in that way? Or is it about a holy reverence? I think it's simply about recognising the reality that God is much bigger than we are. As friends, so wonderfully illustrated for us in that children's talk. God is so much bigger. He is the creator of the whole universe. We're but a speck. He is pure and holy. We are corrupted and unholy. We should fear him because he is big. Because this little phrase. We should also fear the Lord because of his cross and resurrection. That the holy God should lower himself to such degradation to put away our all. Derek Kidner says this, it is, it is a worshipping submission to the God of the covenant. The covenant in the Old Testament uh, was centred on great sa- God's great saving work in the Exodus. The covenant in the New Testament, of course, is centred on great, God's great saving work in Jesus' death and resurrection. And so we stand in awe of the God who saves. 
Fearing God is another way of saying we wholeheartedly believe in him and his way of saving us. We stand in awe for what he's done in Christ. Now verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Knowledge here is not just about academic study. It's about life knowledge, relationship knowledge. Knowing God, knowing people. Knowing how to make our way through life in a godly way. Again, I want to quote Derek Kidner. He says this, Knowledge is about a relationship dependent on revelation and inseparable from character. So it's never just head knowledge. Knowledge, for example, uh, from our head that's just shared to impress, really just makes one a bore, doesn't it? But knowledge, as it's used throughout Proverbs, is synonymous with wisdom. It's about knowing what to say and how to say it at the right time in the right place so that it blesses other people. And that requires wisdom. In Proverbs, knowledge and wisdom really are synonymous. And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. And this wisdom is uh, for our personal relationships, yes, but not just personal. It's also required in the public square. Did you notice that in uh, verses 20 and 21? Where it says, out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. David Atkinson's commentary tells us that it was at the city gate where the elders would meet in order to make plans, enact justice and deliberate about the welfare of the city. There is a special need for those who are in authority to ask God for wisdom to govern well. Why? Because their decisions affect so many people. They need wisdom. It's not an easy task. It's easy to make mistakes. Think for a minute about some of the foolish and wise things our leaders have said over the years as they are at the city gate, they make these big decisions. It was in the 1987 election campaign that, you might remember, Bob Hawke promised that by 1990 no Australian child would be living in poverty. Remember that? In 1996, uh, Paul Keating said Australia is in danger of becoming a banana republic. And then a little later in 1990, uh, this is the recession we had to have. But to balance the political ledger, uh, what about Malcolm Fraser's comment? Uh, after there'd been a 12-month wage freeze in 1982, he told Australians, life wasn't meant to be easy. He copped a lot of flack for that. Or in 2014, when Joe Hockey tried to reassure us that the fuel tax increase wouldn't hurt poorer Australians. He said the poorest people either don't have cars or actually don't drive very far in many cases anyway. <laughs> and that haunted him for a long time as well. But before we laugh too loudly, how often have you or I said foolish things? Politicians have got a tough gig, haven't they? Because when they say something, it's in public, everybody hears it and there's swift criticism. Uh, whenever it's a bit foolish. I take my hat off to them the way they persevere. 
There are, of course, many times when public figures make very wise statements. Winston Churchill said this, he said, no one pretends that democracy is perfect. Indeed, it's been said that democracy is the worst form of government, except for all those other forms that have been tried from time to time. <laughs> Edmund Burke said, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is that good men do nothing. And John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So let us pray for those who are in the public square, that they might govern with the wisdom that ultimately can only come from God, because they have big and momentous decisions they have to make. And Proverbs tells us that it is the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. Well, what does that mean for us as a church, and especially as we look at Vision 26 and where we're heading into 2023? Well, I think we need to come back to what is a real understanding of this fear of the Lord. God is in creation and in holiness but also how big he is in sending Jesus to die for our unholiness, his enormous reverent awe. To understand that more fully, I want to dip into our Corinthians reading. 1 Corinthians 1.30, where Paul says this, he says, Christ Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. You see, if we have union with Christ, if we are in Christ, then everything that belongs to Christ now belongs to us. Christ's righteousness is now ours. Christ's holiness is now ours. The redemption Christ won is ours. And it, Paul also goes on to say that he has become for us wisdom from God. And so Paul here is linking these great Christ's wisdom. We appropriate that as we are in Christ. My friends, we do not trust in our own wisdom. As the Apostle says in verse 19, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. To believe is to renounce our own ability to work it out and to trust only in the cross. Paul goes on to say in verse 23, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We should stand in holy awe because no human scheme could have worked this out. This is the wisdom of God. And my friends, that has to be the foundation as we approach Vision 26. We come not trusting in our own cleverness to make it happen. We come trusting only in God's wisdom and the power of his gospel. This is the only way we will see our vision achieved of living to love and proclaim Jesus. Now in God's strength and wisdom, we have already been able to uh, make some progress in our vision. Uh, last year we were able to set up a pastoral care team at Tawantan and one here at Sunshine Beach. And they're moving into their work and doing some wonderful outreach to people in there. Uh, we've been able to run Alpha at Phrygian and at Tawantan. That's been encouraging. And all those things will continue 
But in 2023, we're going to be putting extra effort into these areas that we've talked about in the parish council, uh, into securing a youth worker, into growing our welcoming ministry, into searching for a strategy to help the homeless, and in working on our finances to try and achieve a balanced budget within three years. These are key goals in our Vision 26 as we move into a new year. And in the wisdom of God and the fear of God, I pray we will be able to achieve those goals. We certainly need the wisdom of God if we're to live to love and proclaim Jesus. We need that individually, don't we? We need that as his church, uh, the wisdom that can only come from God. Let me uh, conclude with this illustration. What if your next door neighbour brought uh, bought a really expensive big screen colour television and after it was delivered came over to your house to brag about his new purchase. And while he's bragging he notices that his favourite movie has come onto your little second hand black and white TV. Oh no, he exclaims, that's my favourite movie. I don't want to miss it and I don't want to watch it on your crummy little white black and white TV. I'm going home to watch it on the big screen. So he runs home, turns on his expensive TV, but can't find the movie. Why? Well, he hasn't subscribed to the same streaming service that you subscribe to. He may have a bigger TV, but it's unable to tune into the right channel. You know, in the same way, there are a lot of smart people out there in the world who are like that large screen TV, but that doesn't count for anything if they're not tuned in to the right channel. You might feel like yours, like that simple little black and white TV in the midst of all those sophisticated, beautiful people out there. And the church can sometimes seem like a very simple black and white TV in a world that's moved on. But my friends, remember this, the fear of the Lord. The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Jesus Christ is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. And the Apostle Paul says, He has become for us the wisdom of God. This is the only channel by which we can be saved. Are you trusting in the right channel as we move into 2020?